From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. I am Scott Armstrong, and I have several Worthless Servants with us today. And to my right is AJ Fry. Hey, guys. And then across from me, Natalie Franco. Hey. And my lovely wife, Emily Armstrong. Hey, everyone. And today's a little different. I don't know why I'm so cheery, actually, but I don't want to be, you know, like too serious, but it is a kind of a serious topic that we're talking about today. We have decided to come into the professional studio that we have. Uh, as, <laughs> as many longtime listeners will know, we have we have bedspreads that are above, you know hanging off the walls. We have mattresses that are that are up around us. But we have decided to come in here and we're going to try to get this up. I should give a shout out to uh, Nata and to AJ and all the communications team and the regional uh, communications office that are doing a really good job helping us immensely in these days. And today we hope to uh, record this episode and get it out immediately to you. Why? Because we're going to deal with something that maybe you've heard of. It's called COVID-19 and the coronavirus, right? But we're not going to tackle this from a standpoint of the scientists or the doctors. We're going to come from the standpoint of missionaries and ministers, uh, pastors, right? And we're going to talk about what this means for the local church. And we hope this is is useful for our, our region, right? A few other caveats. Uh, we know that there are many coronaviruses. We've heard that. So the disease that comes from this coronavirus is called COVID-19. So you may hear us talk about COVID-19 or coronavirus, we're talking about the same thing, but we understand uh, the difference. Also, this is an ever-changing topic and reality. Uh, we may record something that uh, in a couple weeks, somebody may listen to and be like, whoa, that was a different reality. And now things are have changed around the world. But we're going to share kind of how it is in the Dominican Republic and uh, what else is going on. One other caveat, Chelsea is not here. You guys mm. did not hear her fun fact. In fact, we, we had talked about not even having it fun right. fact on this one. I mean, it's coronavirus. Let's not have a fun fact. You know? <laughs> there are plenty of facts out there. <laughs> there are plenty of facts that you can look at. She is actually feeling a little sick. It's not coronavirus related. We, I mean, we're almost positive. It's totally different symptoms, but we said, you ain't coming into this, <laughs> to this uh, studio and make sure that you get well and that we're all well also. So, uh, so let's go ahead and start. I think from the top, just to be responsible, Emily, you're the nurse here, the resident <laughs> <laughs> medical representative here. Um, again, we're not going to speak about all of that. There are other people that can do that. But I think from the top, to be responsible and appropriate, I think it would be good just to tell some people and remind some people probably what they should be doing right now. Yeah, and I think we're not giving anything new. Everything that we would say here in the next 30 seconds is things that you can find online. Uh, look to your own uh, public health ministries, to your own uh, le legitimate sources of information. And I think that would be what we need to be listening to is the washing of the hands. Um, and I will tell you, as a nurse that was in training 20 years ago, we had like an entire lesson for an entire day on how to wash your hands. 
hands. It is so important wow. that you wash your hands. So for, if we get bored, like, oh, come on, we know how to wash our hands. Like you had a whole day. A whole day of just learning how to wash your hands and wow. teach people how to wash hands. So like this is something that the medical community has known for a long time. Uh, maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't, but we all need to be washing our hands for like 20 to 30 seconds. It's not just a, hey, I put a pump of soap on my hands and then like let the water fall off. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the friction that gets your hands clean. So it's important to, in uh, English, maybe we would sing the happy birthday song in our head one or two times, probably two times at this point in time. Um, if you're a different language speaker, find a song that's a children's song usually that just has a super quick chorus that you can sing in your head. Um, practice social distancing. They're starting to see that that is something that, that is being helpful so that we're not uh, passing a contagion. Even if we don't have symptoms, you could still be carrying the virus. So uh, not being in close quarters with people, the six feet are starting to become very important. Um, those are some of the basic things. Find some disinfectant, things like Clorox wipes, antibacterial hand sanitizer. Uh, think about all the things you touch even when you're in your house. And so when you have disinfectant wipes, think about your doorknobs. Think about how much you're touching your phone. Think about how much if you're working from home on your computer, your computer keyboards. Uh, even this morning, I was getting water out of our water uh, cooler because here in the Dominican Republic, we don't get water out of the tap. And I thought we need to be constantly cleaning that down. Uh, so just having uh, smart ways to think about how to protect ourselves, but obviously follow all of the warnings and protocols that our own ministries are putting out for our own public health. Well, good. I, my first question to us is just how has this affected your lives, our, our ministries right now? Yes, actually, yesterday I was talking with a friend from Panama. His name is Joel, and he was telling me they have no more meetings in churches like from the last two weeks. Mm. They, they, Yes. And so yesterday they had a curfew. And since that moment, they started to make new, trying to, to find new ways to, you know, to have those meetings. And they have been thinking in Facebook Live. The same in Puerto Rico. I was talking with Ray Cruz. He's the president of the NYI of this church, Clydevale Serves. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he told me it is the same with them. Since Sunday, they have the same, the court view. And um, so what they have been doing, it is also using this app called Zoom. It is really mm -hmm. good app. Actually, yesterday, yesterday I joined this meeting mm -hmm. through the internet. I was with them. It was re really, really good. In Puerto Rico? In Puerto Rico, yeah. yes. So I was the only one from Dominican Republic, of course. But I was able to see everybody's faces in that application and everybody was participating. So it was pretty much the same as having you face-to-face -face talking, kind of, mm -hmm. you know. But it was a really good idea. And also they are with Facebook Live applications. So as they cannot get together, mm -hmm. that's what they are doing, just using internet. AJ, this has, I mean, completely <laughs> changed your uh, spring and summer, right? Yeah, so we work with groups that normally come from the United States on short-term mission trips, and that's a good 80% of our job. And all of our groups until June 1st, according to our denomination, have canceled their trips. And some of them haven't canceled that have been scheduled past that haven't canceled yet, but they're waiting to hear some more information um, about how the DR is reacting and how the U.S. is um, reacting as well. But um, so that has completely changed. We had uh, three or four teams booked in between now and then, 
and they have all canceled and are hoping to reschedule. So that's kind of changed our timeline, our, our projects. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the good news for us is because we live on a seminary campus and there are usually not very many people around anyways, like we can do some of those things that wouldn't have gotten done if a team was there. So there's some some work on the house that needs to be done. And I can still do that because we have uh, we have a workshop full of materials still. Mm. And so we can use those materials as much as they're available. And we can work on some other projects here and there. So it's not like we're stuck in our physical house as much. It's just that all the hardware stores are closed. And so mm. we can't go out and get new materials to keep working on the projects. The our other construction workers are, are staying home for good reason. They should. Mm-hmm. We've asked them to. And so it's, we can't do some of these other bigger projects. But uh, we're taking advantage of this time to get our house back to, back together and work on some other the small, smaller projects that we need to work on. But it is kind of strange since our job is hosting teams and we're no longer hosting teams yeah. for mm-hmm. now. So that's, it's been kind of weird. Work will be different. Even school will be different. Um, I, I was even thinking <laughs> during this episode, if Emily just decides t- she has to go, it's not because she doesn't like us. Uh, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I like Natalie. <laughs> it's because in the other room, our kids are home because school has been canceled. Well, I should say at least classes in the school buildings have canceled and uh, they have moved online. And so I don't know if you wanted to speak to that a little bit. We only have two days uh, running of figuring out what that looks like for our family. Yeah, I think it it leads into my thought of like, how's it affecting just missionary life in general? Obviously, the kids are at home. But as I thought about that question, I thought, I think it's provoking like identity crisis for a lot of missionaries mm. because our work is not done in our home. Like yeah. there are some things that are aspects of what we can do in our home. Uh, but most missionaries, in fact, I found we've been counseling a lot of missionaries of like, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. Like I can't, yeah. I can't go and knock on somebody's door. I can't even touch yeah. the people that I'm trying to share the love of Christ with. And, um, and so I think for me, that's been the biggest disruption. And obviously, we're in the beginning days of it, you know, of what's this look like? And and to me, I kind of feel like this is provoking identity crisis of there's a certain amount of work that can be done. Mm -hmm. But how does it lead into what we really are called to do? Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's a piece of why we wanted to talk about it on the podcast this morning, because for some people, you can still do work online, but missionary work is hyper-relational. And that's what's being threatened at this point in time. Mm -hmm. So identity crisis for me is kind of what's been... Welcome to homeschooling. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're all like, we got this under control. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well, let's dive into that. Not necessarily the practical tips that we would maybe have for people in different contexts in ministry. Uh, or in missions. But really, first, let's talk about biblically, what is our response to like a spreading disease? Uh, and, and I don't know about you, but I've heard churches that have said, have faith and nothing will happen to you. Just declare it, you know, declare it. And I've heard other people that are more scared than I've ever seen them. And I and I think, wait, as Christians, I don't know that, yeah. that that's how we need to be either. So what does the Bible tell us and, and kind of where should we come from, from a, a theological and biblical standpoint? Well, I was reminded of the, the passage in 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, the spirit, of God, the spirit God gave us does not make us timid or afraid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And I think that's a good reminder 
to us that that if we're afraid or we feel panicked or prone to give in to this fear, uh, that's not from God because God gives us peace um, in, in these frightening circumstances, in any frightening circumstance. Um, his spirit gives us power to have courage, to think rationally, uh, to be obedient to how he's leading us in these times and in every situation. But he also gives us love. And maybe that love looks different now so that we are socially distancing ourselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. But this really should be the, the driving force behind everything we do as Christians is mm-hmm. this love. And so what does it look like now? It may take a different form. But also this self-discipline, I think, is a, is a key thing also it's very easy for us to to give in to these emotions and to just follow the crowd but um to have the discipline that the that the spirit gives us to kind of resist some of these other things to have this self-discipline to kind of take other people or other fellow human beings into consideration as well even though we may not feel sick um we can still carry this virus to other people and that's where our love for them and our self-discipline comes into hand, uh, that we want to distance ourselves from them to protect them as well. As much as we may want to get our hands dirty, maybe literally, um, we have to think, is this the best thing to do right now? Because if we're sick, if the church gets sick, then there's really nothing we can do once this thing passes to, to help other people at the on the other side of it, um, or even now during it. Chelsea was reminding me yesterday that that even though we can't literally be with some of the teens that we're mentoring, um, we can still call them or we can still text them and say, hey, how's it going? How can how can we encourage them through those things? How can we keep reminding them to wash their hands, to sanitize their homes, mm-hmm. um, to kind of socially distance themselves from maybe their grandparents who haven't been feeling well regardless of the of the passing virus. So that as to not make them more sick, you know, just some of those reminders and encouragement to the church via technology, maybe. So I like that because it's the power God gives us. It's not like the superhero power to be <laughs> reckless. Yeah. You know, it's a power, but he says he gives us power, love and self-control or self-discipline. Yeah. And so the power that he gives us is through being able to to really make good decisions and and control or discipline our lives. Well, and I I would even say, you know, on the topic of fear, you could have a whole entire podcast related to fear, you know, with yeah, that's this good. whole thing. I'll make that <laughs> Part B of um, the podcast that we weren't going to have. But um like as I've been sitting and thinking about it biblically of the fear like I think one of my responses is I have very little fear right now. And like my anxiety is very well maintained. And I have asked the Lord every day to fill me with peace. And I almost think, not almost, I do think that that is the church's responsibility right now because our social mediums are trying to help us stay calm. But at the same time, like when they're like, don't be freaked out. And then all of a sudden numbers get bigger. And it's like, why didn't you tell us we're supposed to be freaked out? Like, it's the church's responsibility right now to say, we don't have to live in fear. But the reason we don't live in fear is not because of the virus and stuff. It's because we serve a God that is the Prince of Peace. And so like, as the church, we need to be putting that into everything that we do, like the encouragement of peace only can come from the church because God is peace. And so 
if we're trying to plug into like, well, I'm just going to center my thoughts and I'm just going to do this for myself. Like you're not going to work up any peace in a situation like this. And I really do think that holding on to that verse in first Timothy is what the church needs to say. This is a part of our job. Mm -hmm. Like we need to be speaking about peace. And if I, as a Christian am not experiencing peace, then like I need to figure out what I need to do to tap into the peace that God has said. Like I'm doing something wrong. Then I'm listening more to the world than, the biblical truth. Right. And and I think as the church, we need to take that into our lives and take it seriously. Yes, I agree with Emily. And also I think, yes, we should trust God. We should have this peace, but also we should take care and we should, like, we should take all these warnings and be obedient. And I'm thinking about all the examples the Bible says to us that all these people, they listen to the warnings and they also they were obedient to those mm-hmm. warnings. For example, Noah, he was warned of the flood and he built the ark. Mm-hmm. Um, Joseph, he was warned of the drought mm-hmm. and he stored. And also Joseph and Mary, they were warned that Herod wanted to kill Jesus and they just left and they went to Egypt. Yeah. So the same, we are warned with this situation that everything that, that is happening. So I think we should be obedient and we should, you know, think about uh, trust God, yes, but also be obedient to what the doctors has been telling us. Those are really good examples. Yeah. I hadn't thought of it that way, um, mm-hmm. you know, but people obeying God, being very bold, mm-hmm. uh, but being bold by taking precautions. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is helpful because I think it's it, this conversation we're having is helping us to avoid extremes, being careless on one side, but also not hoarding and fearful, you know, on the other side. Mm-hmm. So right. uh, I think and that could be a very delicate and fast swinging pendulum. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But don't you think one thing that as I've been trying to sort through all of this biblically is I'm in my devotions right now, just reading the gospels mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Like this year, I'm just in Jesus's life. That's what I've decided that, that I'm challenged to. And um, so I'm in Matthew again, mm-hmm. and I'm reading a, a commentary on it. And I was really challenged just a couple of days ago when um, the commentary, Terry was talking about the context of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6 and how it's the whole entire setup for the do not worry passage that follows it just a few verses later. And they really highlighted the the context of Jesus teaching his disciples to ask for today's daily bread. You said about hoarding, and that, that reminded me of the trust that we uh, place in God to provide what I need today. Like that is the trust that God requires of a disciple is trust that today I'm taking care of today. Mm -hmm. And then you can look at the end of chapter six, where it says tomorrow has enough worries of its own. You know, it goes through all of this stuff and it's not even the Lord's prayer anymore, but that's a piece of the context. And I thought, I think to me, that's helped me to frame a little bit more of a theology right now of, I want to know what four weeks is going to look like from now. I want to know what eight weeks is going to look from now. Are we going to have enough groceries? Am I going to have enough toilet paper? Like we've seen all the memes of toilet paper, you know, (laughs) but like God, it's not changed 2000 years ago. He Mm -hmm. was saying, pray for today, pray that and trust that God is taking care of today and tomorrow has enough worries of its own. And if you move into chapter eight of Matthew, you can see Jesus being in it's where these miracles start happening. And the very first one is he touches a leper. Mm-hmm. And one of the things and and we can connect to this commentary, but it's great. But um, I wrote it down here because I love how they said it. 
they said on their chapter, uh, verse three and four, he touches the leper, but rather than being contaminated, Jesus purifies the leper. With mm-hmm. Jesus, mm-hmm. purity is now a contagion. Huh. And I loved that because like as I was reading it, I thought we maybe need to have a different, and I started to think doctors and nurses and frontline people that are dealing with this need that theology. Mm-hmm. Like purity is a contagion. They need that theology. But the next miracle that is right after it is the healing of the centurion's uh, centurion's servant. And they say in the in the commentary, the miracle happens with a word from a distance. Like he doesn't even go into the house. He speaks healing over that place and the servant is healed. And so I think for the church, a little bit about what we struggle with is we want a one size fits all theology. Mm -hmm. And I think we serve a God that says, you know what? I'm a God that's so big Mm -hmm. that I can be multiple places and be doing multiple things all at the same time. And the church needs to take on that as well. So as I've been trying to form my theology around biblically and, and what God looks like and what he does and how he warns and how we respond, I think it's really important to look at the way that God reacts. God reacts different according to circumstances, you know, and I think we as the church can take that on too. Oh, this is excellent. Um, And and I think this leads us into maybe some practical things that we could just tell uh, other churches. And and I want to go deeper than just like, okay, well, move your service online. I think a lot of churches are starting to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But kind of what you were mentioning, Emily, we don't have the luxury a lot of times as pastors or caregivers uh, or, or missionaries of just saying, okay, well, we'll just not talk with people and not, <laughs> and not meet with people. And um, so what do we do to still protect the vulnerable and, you know, and to, and to still meet the needs of these, these people or, or to allow Christ to meet the needs, uh, you know, through our ministry and through our congregations? What, what are some tips that you could throw out? One of the things that I know that Chelsea is doing is um, she has kind of taken on the the challenge or the the goal to to call people regularly, not just text them, but to like call them, even even video chat with them. Uh, people in the people in the church, some of the teens that were ministering with uh, her parents, her grandparents, just call them and talk about life, what's going on, and I think that has helped a lot of them just kind of feel more connected to people, uh, more connected mm-hmm. to the church in general and put some put some fears and some worries at ease because they get to talk about, you know, what's going on instead of just staying at home with the same people yeah. a lot of times and just sitting in this fear. Uh, you get to talk with somebody else and just have regular conversation more or less. And that's been really good for some people. I think finding some of those connections too of people that are outside of the church, but connected to us. Um, I asked the Lord really to open up my mind this morning as I was praying. And uh, he reminded me of, Scott just sent like a an email of gratefulness to the school principal. And, uh, and she responded back and she said, thank you for that. Like they're under an extreme amount of stress right now. Mm-hmm. And like, so I put her on my list and thought that's something we can do. Every three or four days, just be like, thank you for what you're doing. And and I don't know if she's a part of the church or not. And I thought about my grandmother, who is in a nursing home that can't get any visitors anymore. And mm-hmm. I know that, that that's very depressing for her. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, as the church, you know, I'm a part of the church. And I have contact with my grandmother once every six weeks, maybe. But, you know, God really laid on my heart, send her a message every day. Every day, send her a message. Be the church to her right now Mm -hmm. where she can't maybe get another Mm -hmm. things. And so, 
So I think there's people that potentially are even outside of the church that ask God to bring those people. Who am I connected to already mm-hmm. that I can just be the one that that shares goodness and light and encouragement in these days? That maybe they're not getting it through an online service or a Bible study that's mm-hmm. connected or something. Like, who are the people that still need to hear? I was thinking the same yesterday. Um, you know, we are called to be the light and usually we we do it, we say this because we want to serve others and everything. Now in this situation, pretty much every country, they have to stay at home. Mm-hmm. So why we're not the light at home as well? Mm-hmm. Probably um, yeah. we have family, they don't, they don't have the same faith we have. So this is an opportunity for us to, to get them, to reach them and to be the light and show them also. Yeah. We are God's people and we love them. This is an opportunity for it to for us to preach with our actions at yeah. home. Yeah. So I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, now I have to wash the dishes more often. Mm-hmm. So my dad can see that. Mm-hmm. And maybe he can see the difference and maybe he can start thinking, okay. Because mm. we don't see too often right. as he is at work in his work all the time. That's good, Natalie. Well, I really wonder, like... This is forcing us to be more creative. So that's not a bad thing. (laughs) You know, as our local church, we probably should have been more connected online anyway, Mm -hmm. you know, but we just weren't. We saw each other every week and now we are. Mm -hmm. And that's something that needed to happen. And uh, we're starting to see just memes of people that are quarantined and around the world, you know, that are starting to bring joy to other people by, by different ways, music and other ways. And I thought, why couldn't we do that as the church? Why Mm -hmm. couldn't we be that way? You know, and I love what you're you're all talking about. I think we probably need to just because of, uh, of time, we need to, to finish this episode. And again, I will say thank you to Nata and the whole communications team for getting this out Mm -hmm. so quickly. But yeah, I, I just think that when we're all done with this, this too shall pass. But when we're all finished, that, uh, you know, the pessimist in me kind of says, oh, man, people will get used to just doing online and they won't want to come back, mm. you know, to a service and they won't want to be a part of our houses of prayer and things like that. But the optimist, thank goodness that I think that wins out mostly, uh, except with sports. Emily was telling me that with sports, I'm a pessimist. And that's true. <laughs> um, um, but uh, but. The optimist part of me says, maybe we'll long even more for community. Mm, yeah. You know, maybe we will just long to be with God's people even more, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just say, even as we use the term social distancing, really what we're talking about is physical distancing because we still need to be connected socially. And we just do that through, you know, online and social networks and other, other ways. So any other final words of advice or thoughts? And my only quick one is don't count out the power of prayer. Like mm-hmm. nobody else is praying in this world to the God of the universe except yeah. for the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So take it yeah. seriously. Mm-hmm. Don't just say it. Don't just say I'm praying when you're on your social networks. Like literally take out some time and pray. We all have time. We all should be praying yes. about this. And um, pray that his ner- mercies are new every morning. Every morning, we literally could wake up and the page could be turned because mm-hmm. God can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so pray strong prayers. Pray strong Mm -hmm. prayers of belief and ask for his mercy to be poured out on this world. Amen.
I will finish with a verse, but before that, because uh, I want it to be almost the last thing that we hear uh, on this episode, where can they find us and uh, continue the, the discussion? In fact, today the, today and tomorrow, if you're listening to this, tell us how your church is reacting and how maybe this episode has, has helped provoke some thoughts or, or things. But where can, they, where can they do that, Emily? Yeah, join conversation. We would actually love to see a conversation on the Facebook page, the Worthless Servants podcast. Um, it seems like we're all looking for creativity and new ideas and ways to do it. So, mm-hmm. like, instead of keeping all of that to yourself, all the goodness to yourself, share it on our Facebook page. Um, and if you want to hear any other episodes that you've missed, uh, right now is a great time to binge podcasts. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast and you can get all of them. I think we're up to number like 68 or 72 or something like that. You got a ton of time on your hands, sit and listen to the Worthless Servants podcast, mesoamericagenesis.org. You can find them. And just a reminder, we kind of started one episode. It was two weeks ago. And part two of that episode will now be in two weeks. But You're going to really want to listen to yeah, it by the yeah, end. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's really good. Uh, but you'll hear Chelsea on that one again. Um, and it'll be just like nothing had ever happened. And, um, so this was, uh, you know, uh, different circumstances today, of course. Here's the verse. Isaiah 41 10 says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. May it be so. We are the Worthless Servants and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm Emily Armstrong. I'm Natalie Franco. I'm AJ Fry. And we'll talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at mesoamericagenesis.org.